Oh my god. Hi guys. Guess oh my god, back. we're back again. Right, before we start, um I'm not on the um Deck button today. side. Can I please oh. ask that we turn the headphone volume down? I'm speaking very calmly because it's very loud. How right do now. I do that? <laughs> Carlos is such like a he's such like an Asian mum. You know, like when everything is that I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. <sighs> Better. If you don't, yeah. you guys, he couldn't even trust me to turn down a knob. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> come on. They can't. Ofcom can't do us for that. I meant an actual knob. Anyway, guys, we are back. Mango Masala, the South Asian show here on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one third radio station. Fresh. <laughs> we keep saying we're back, but people don't know that we've gone because we've been consistent we're still with the yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> it's back live in the studio, like all together. This is the first time in. When was the last time we were all together in the studio, yeah, guys? Why, oh I think nearly a year. Nearly a you year. You wouldn't know because yeah. our recording quality is so elite. Fantastic, and we're consistent with the content. Yeah. We pride ourselves on that. But Speaking of. Speaking of priding mm-hmm. ourselves, guys, we went to the Asian Media Awards last night mm-hmm. as finalists. So we hadn't talked about it on the show before, had we? I thought we did. We, briefly, you weren't there. We were talking about consistency. You weren't there. I think we mentioned it last week. Um, we were nominated and we were finalists for Best Radio Show mm-hmm. at the Asian Media Awards 2022. Yep. Huge dub. And yeah. Oh my god, this, this feels like the speech I was going to give if we'd won. So, unfortunately, we didn't <laughs> win. But we were up against some, like, huge names. And I think we had the toughest category. We did have a really... We were up against some big <laughs> names. It was all, like, BBC Asian Network, like... Yeah. Yeah. Marine Khan, that's what they know. Yes, legend, Pritchard, legends yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, two decades so into the game. We're just really happy to have been nominated, to have mm-hmm. the honour of, like, being able to attend and yeah. stuff like that. In the midst of so excellence. Mm-hmm. been given that opportunity to go and hopefully one day we're up on stage giving that speech inshallah guys but yeah. well done to everyone that won especially coffee and chromosomes who are sitting right oh, oh shout yeah. out coffee they were just the cutest and i mm-hmm. love that and i yeah. just i love the whole their whole vision their message like yeah. so yeah. coffee and chromosomes they're a husband and wife duo who have a podcast and their podcast is basically about being parent to a special needs child um and they were sat on our table yesterday and they were just so lovely and they won their yeah. award and they didn't expect it like everyone else didn't expect it <laughs> but um, no i think they they generally they, really they were like yeah we it. just they we didn't, didn't even know it. yeah in the same they way didn't And it's nice as well because you know what, like I thought when we came in, like because we were close to the back, I was like, oh, we've kind of just been put on at the back, so that's I've got less mm. chance of winning then. But then obviously All for the two, yeah, back. exactly. And it's, yeah, it's what Bella Shaw was saying, like the person who hosted it. She was saying like, oh, if you're at the back, that's a good sign because you need like a long walk to yeah, go yeah, up yeah. to it. So and honestly, like even though we didn't win, for me it was really good because I feel like it was the push 
that we kind of like needed yeah. like being in that room with like so many amazing people so many talented people and, and actually really seeing mm. what how big how pervasive and how much how much opportunity there is for like Asian media platforms I think helped to us to like refresh our own ambitions and to like rejuvenate us a little bit and and, and kind of inject some some new fresh airs into <laughs> the into the show I agree because like even <clears throat> just being nominated and getting congratulated on being nominated and stuff mm. like that was enough to be like we deserve to be like in this space we've created I did not feel amazing. out of place at all because no. I'm looking I'm looking at everyone else and I'm thinking where like we 100% d- deserve, deserve to, to be, be here yeah. and like and, and more and more actually if I'm yeah. like, yeah. you been finalised in that category with such big yeah. name yeah. really made it clear to me that like we have this amazing little project yeah and I think it was nice as well when you think about because there were quite a lot of people nominated in our category but I'm fairly certain that we're the only ones who don't do it as an employed job that's right per se. everyone like, that's yeah. their day job because like, when we sat on our table and obviously we was in, everyone was introducing themselves and then like later on in the conversation we started talking about our day jobs and everyone was really surprised it was like oh wait so like the radio is yeah, not your job and we're like, yeah. oh, like we do it a Saturday well, a week. Do you know what I mean? Like, tech consultant and business analyst over here. Yeah. So. Oh no, wait. She works no, in the oh army. no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the other person we met yesterday. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. Yeah, it was, was it was it was it was it was a nice. It was and it was a good night as well. Yeah. It was a nice night. It was good. It was fun. It was yeah. nice to spend time. Was there. <laughs> yeah. Jeff from Corey was there. The guy Star from Star Struck. Was, I forgot his name. He, he did a really cute he, he speech with his mom. Speech with his mom. Yeah. A little tribute to him. Like, <laughs> all of his work over the last. Do you know whose speech decades. I really liked? I liked Balvinda Sohal from Eastern. Was she the one who was like for telling stories? Was she the one who was talking about stories? Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, like yeah, how yeah, important yeah. it is to tell the stories and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Well, no, it wasn't her. It was a journalist. Oh. I can't remember who it was. There was one journalist that, that came was on. Pretty mystery next to us. No, I think, or was it? I think it was a, a different journalist. I saw another, like, another yeah. journalist one in a different category. And was she, she wearing white? Or blush pink? I know. Maybe, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think I know <clears> And then um, someone came on and they said they gave a really good speech about the importance of like, telling stories. And Lee the guy Spencer. from Goodness Gracious as well, he, he was. He was saying like I'm like to tell my parents' like, story. The past with the future, yeah. but you can't forget them. Like I really like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was on stage, really cute. It was dead sweet. I think it? the only thing I'd say, which this is something I've noticed as well, because um, I went last year as well, so I've kind of got a bit of experience in comparison now. Mm. It's the same thing that happens every year, um, and we were discussing this before going on air as well. Is that we so in the traditional asian fashion um not due to these two i will add it was due to my fiance mianka um being <laughs> running late but we were um running quite late for the awards um in terms of we arrived just before seven and i think we were meant to get there which is six six thirty um luckily it w- weren't too late like we kind of got there whatever and but there were people were all around chatting but i think they were mainly in their own groups with people that they knew obviously we're not that like known in the scene yet so didn't really go up talking to anyone or anything um until we sat down at our table and then we were obviously conversing with the people around us but um obviously there's that bit of the big welcome drinks at the beginning then you sit down at your table and you're eating and it's the whole awards thing you get your main meal and then there's meant to be like an after party sort of thing afterwards now um me and simran were talking before and saying that 
afterwards after the meal is when you probably would go and kind of like network and talk to people because you've had your meal everyone's got their awards you can go and say congratulations you might have had a few drinks or something you're feeling a bit more confident in terms of approaching people as well if that's your thing but literally the main meal happened and then everyone just vanished like literally you know what it is what carlos is trying to say is that things were not running according to schedule were Mm. they so I, Carlos told me get there for 5.15 to his, uh, to Mianca's house because he knew I would get there for 6. Mm. And I did indeed get there for 6. However, Bang we did on. not end up leaving till quarter to 7 probably. Yeah. Um, and Carlos was stressing in Carlos fashion. And I remember shouting from like the one of the living rooms, it's an Asian media oh, yeah. award. Mm. No one is going to be on time. She it will be right. on Asian timing. <laughs> And that's what it was. The whole I think it was about an hour behind had, schedule. Yeah. Mm. We had a good half an hour before we went inside the main room. Yeah. 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 And we were supposed to arrive when starters were just being served. Yeah. Like we thought seven was was when we'd sit down and that would be it, but we were outside, yeah. Can I just say I'm gonna tell the whole story in a sec, but <laughs> I came one time. And I had an hour delay because of traffic. Oh, she did. Go and on, tell us your story. Go on, tell us your story then that you're dying to tell. Alright. I actually wasn't going to tell the story until he said it, but... No, yeah, you should tell the story. People deserve to know. He's our dedicated after the cause, guys. Anyway, I got the day off work, very last minute, and I woke up, and I was like, okay, day off. No, give him context. She okay, really so wanted started, to go, obviously. I just started my job, and I was scared to ask for, like, the leave and all that. So I was like, okay, let's see, like, yeah. So they knew I wanted it, and then didn't go in, Six in the morning, I decided I need to get a ticket for this award show because I'm going to Manchester. I'm going. I was like, I, I'm, I'm not working. Wait, Simba, what you're right? saying isn't making any yeah, sense. Y- Why? You were meant to go into work <laughs> and then work. you got given the day <laughs> off. Basically, she asked, she got, they said no because she, she's still in training. And then last minute, her manager called in sick. And then it's six in the morning, is what I'm saying. And then right. I was like, I need to get a ticket. General on sale, not on sale anymore. Um, the invite link that we had through Carlos not working so I'm like DMing them like I'm emailing people <laughs> six in the morning mine and I'm like please I was like I, I really like milk tea. I was like I'm a finalist I was like I really need a ticket like this is my show's been nominated for an award blah 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 and then they gave me the number to a very nice man named Arif and this poor guy gets a call from me at six in the morning and me like you hold um, it though i was like good morning um i'm really sorry to be calling you at this hour but my name's Simran and i'm a finalist tonight please can you get me a ticket <laughs> and he opened the link back up for me and i was able to purchase a ticket uh and then i texted these guys frantically and i was like guys i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i was like i'm coming to the awards i was like come here uh, i've got a ticket i was like sending screenshots they had they got like a play-by-play like a minutes of me. i woke up and i read like, the messages yeah, and it was an absolute emotional roller coaster of, of me being like days off i want to come can't come no i'm coming i'm pulling strings um so yeah shout arif and he was the main organizer he got many shouts out he on got the day. he got many shouts out and then every, every time someone said his name i was like i was on the phone with him at six in the morning <laughs> 15 minutes of fame and then yeah so then I actually made it had to drive from Slough to Manchester it took me what four and a half hours in the end mm. I will say Arif although obviously we're very grateful for you getting some run a ticket <laughs> told a little porky pie in terms of oh you've got one seat left on your table we Arif arrived didn't show up no, but oh, I, I, I checked the your, list. Your, your I think oh. I think they left your your seat on it yeah. and then added another chair for another oh. person. Because we arrived and there was an extra uh, chair on the table anyway. Well, it made me feel special in the moment. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah and that's the story of how i last minute got a ticket and i'm here in the north back home oh my god yeah she's a north. yeah okay so like, as soon as i got past birmingham because birmingham is Oh, okay, go on. No, 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 no. Leave um, Birmingham alone. I do like Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham gets unnecessary flack, but anyway. Got past Birmingham, and then I started seeing signs for like Manchester, Liverpool, the Liverpool signs. Oh my god! And I was just smiling. I was FaceTime with my friend, and he was like, "Why are you smiling so much?" And I was like, "It's because I'm in the north." Handless FaceTiming, may we add? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, hand, hands free. Legally FaceTiming, but yeah, I was super excited. The whole time she was just like, oh my god. I was saying it to Halima's sister this morning. Yeah. I was like, oh my she, god. Okay, Halima's story told Halima's sister told a really random story, right? But Halima was cussing her out. My sister, basically, we don't let her talk. There's one sister we just don't let her talk because her stories are like five. She'll go to tell one thing. If she wants to tell you, like the postman said hi to her, she'll be like, I woke up. And then I went downstairs, and Mum was cooking, and then, like that's how she'll tell her story. She'll give the whole background story, and Simran was just I was like, there. "I don't care. You have a Manchester accent." I was sitting there, just like, <laughs> couldn't relate. Couldn't relate. Big fan. No. Yeah, we're back in the studio all together now. That's that nice. Happened. That was the longest intro we've ever had to a show. Probably wasn't, to be fair. We're an hour in now, guys, um, and the reason we're an hour in. Um, we have obviously if you were listening from two o'clock we had uh, 30 to 40 minutes of music um, and that was because the last words that I said to Halima last night um, <laughs> let's keep this punctuality Stop yeah it. let's let's Stop. keep this oh, and so then, I'm getting the blame <laughs> is, that what, is that what's going on well, I'm just a little scapegoat at this point well I was speaking also to Simran before you got home she was explaining she's seen firsthand what happens ahead of her man gone episode I just don't I just don't <laughs> I have time blindness like it's actually an ADHD thing like I just always think I've got more time than I do or I overestimate my ability to be quick I always get distracted doing things as well <clears throat> sorry to I'm be also, fair um, I was sitting in your sister's room on the phone to my mum doing the wordle and I was like, I know I've got ages. Do you guys know what you were doing? I was ready. I didn't put that much makeup on, so I was just like, I'm, I'm chilling. So I just did the word. Oh, yeah, it didn't true. I thought you and me. The world took be, me a minute we'll to do I thought we'll be doing, we'll be get taking our time together if we're leaving. <laughs> I said to her, Liam, I was like, listen, I will abandon you, and that's what I did. I was yeah, like, I will leave you. Tough love. Sorry, guys. It's come on. We're used to it at this point. Yeah, but. We're moving forward into a new era now. I'm getting medication! I mean, oh my god, guys! I mean, I was talking more about Mango Masala, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Like. But if we're talking about Mango. punctuality, I'm oh, actually, yeah, I'm okay. now, Fine. I'm actually now starting any ADHD medication. Let's so see if it, let's see, let's if see it. how yeah. it affects my punctuality levels. Do you have some Mango Masala? We've got big plans. We yeah. do have big plans. Someone, I'm coming for your Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, we are. We're gunning for you. Someone out there, you know who you are. Watch your back. <sighs> Samarine, you just took out the microphone. Can you be careful, please? Did I? Yeah, for a second. Like a... Leave it alone. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Carlos. I feel like a rapper when I... <laughs> this is what happens when these guys don't come to the studio for ages. They come and it's literally and press all the ahead of the time. Like, what would happen if I press this? Or I, was this? Like, <laughs> music and I was like, what would happen if I just. <laughs> I was. 
From the minute I sat down, I was fighting the urge to do it, and then I had the intrusive thoughts really won, and I had to do it. But then nothing happened. This is why I go on that side, and you guys go on this side. Yeah, apart no. from apparently, this is your bad side, even though. Huh? What is that to? <laughs> Machine. It, that machine there is meant to do like little jingles and stuff, but it's not installed. You so. have like an air, air horn, you'd be like. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, we could like load like mango. Nah, and guys, whistle, next week I'm actually starting DJing. I found a DJ school. I'm coming. You want to come? I'll show. I'll, is I'll it in Manchester? No, it's in London, man. Sick, though. I'll show you the. Um... Okay, can we stop pressing the knobs? So please? she started it, and now see, it's, it's you distracted see? me. Sorry, man. <sighs> it lights up, innit? That's why. Yeah. Everything here, I'm like, I have to touch it. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> no, Carlos, after I graduate from DJ school, <laughs> after I graduate from DJ school, you're going to be begging me. It's over man, for all of you. You're going to be like, oh, Sim, will you do a mix? <laughs> yeah, you will, you will be begging me. So just You watch. know, I tell people that I can DJ, right? Yeah. And by DJ, I mean I press play here and then I do, do that. Do fades. Do the fade. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fade one deck into I mean, that's another. half of DJing anyway, isn't it? Well, yeah, I've in my read head, YouTube yeah. comments of boiler room sets, and people will. So this isn't me, I know but people will just say like, "Oh, you literally just press play." No way. No, DJing is hard. Like you just press it? play on the track. Oh yeah, DJing is well hard. Yeah. But apparently, when a lot of people do live sets, they just like. Track but I don't know. Is it is it technically hard, or is it more kind of like? Um, to do a music set you see Fred Again's Boiler Room just watch mm-hmm. that and you'll see like it's difficult to then do it with like a crowd around you with your headphones on trying to listen like, to technically, it technically like because yeah. oh, no. it's technically difficult but also musically you I have to like, be very like you I know. don't know about you but I'm really underestimating how hard it's going to be I think listen as soon as I, I'm just waiting for these ADHD meds as soon as they hit you lot I'm going to be unstoppable you don't understand you actually don't understand if I'm going to be unstoppable if I could concentrate like from birth I would have reached the moon I'd, by yeah, now. Yeah, trust me. I would have. I would have been president of the world. Yeah, yeah. I would have been president of the world by now. But I got distracted too many times. In and I started like. In, so watch now when I get these meds. I'll trust me, you lot. Watch. Nobody's safe. In other news. Um, Solomon, um, I don't know if you're still listening because he said that we're sounding great apparently. So thank you, Solomon. Thanks, Solomon. However, um, Solomon, I don't know if you're listening, but I just went to try and go on Pi Radio Player and it's not working. I think the, it's I don't think it's to do with the player. I think it's the whole Pi Radio website is down. So oh, no. I don't know whether we're going out on DAV or whatever. But you know what? It's just gonna keep trying because it's getting recorded. It's going on Spotify anyway. So like, what do we always say? It's not a mango masala episode. So without a technical uh, difficulty, without this is actually out of our control though when we <coughs> level up when we level 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 up this will never happen oh it's working again now oh it's working again P- welcome back guys crisis averted anyway enough of talking about us let's give our two penneth on other people mm. like we always like to do mr andrew tate oh, cancelled on everything um, arguably rightfully we so about you know what we haven't no and I think for good reason yeah just because I think it's the same as with other stuff where it's kind of like what can you say other it's than all, other than stating the obvious it's also yeah. almost like too big of a conversation to get into without sitting here for three hours with like sources and facts and everything but that is what we do that is what we are great <laughs> at guys but like condensing if big topics for you guys that's mm. an andrew tate fanboy i don't even like gratify them with the the, the, the dignify the i literally the, just say yeah. to them like cool 
Yeah. You know what? That and honestly, like I think that's what that's where I was all the time. I was all I, all I was interested in is if the men in my life and the men that yeah, I knew yeah. were checking for him or not. They're not cool. Okay, let's let's keep it pushing because it's just bare problematic. And there is always that question of kind of like how much do you platform? Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> however, I do think given recent events, I personally do want to kind of say a few words um so for those of you who don't know and it's it's now kind of gone a little bit viral that andrew tate is now apparently reverted to islam <clears throat> could i ask as well because um, you say no this is just in terms of understanding because yeah. i've heard you say what's the difference between con- converting and reverting there is that people use it interchangeably we say reverting because we believe everyone is born a muslim right okay <clears throat> Got that. everyone is born a muslim so when they when they like uh, decide like to become a muslim again in their life we always say reverting because they're kind of going back to their right. how god made them um <clears throat> so yeah andrew tate has now recently apparently reverted to islam there's kind of videos of him um being taught how to pray salah in a masjid in dubai or somewhere i don't know and <coughs> it's another l for the muslim community i don't know what to tell you like it's another l for us it's going you're right about men it's another l for us from the beginning yeah that's why you know when simran's saying like it's just too big of a topic to touch yeah that's why i was like okay cool let me check in my personal life is anyone any of the men in my life checking for him no they are not cool let's keep it pushing because muslim men and so what i'm essentially i'm i want to talk about this today not specifically to talk about andrew tate but to talk about the misogyny the misogyny that is rife in like the muslim male community muslim men were eating andrew tate up they were gobbling him up right because they were he was spitting what what resonates with them there's a very very my voice is getting raised right now guys i don't know if you've noticed the volume has gone up because i'm getting i'm getting increasingly flabbergasted and increasingly incredulous thinking about it there is a very specific brand of muslim male misogyny um and it is i would say particularly sinister because islam is used as a as a vehicle to justify it which is a, a, a is you know disclaimer before we go anywhere in this discussion a complete perverse rendition of islam islam is not misogynistic islam does not condone misogyny islam has given women a world of rights but muslim men have decided to interpret Islamic dogma in a way where misogyny is now the sixth pillar of Islam astaghfirullah I feel like we should say certain Muslim men not obviously obviously we're not referring to all of them I'm going to generalise because it is I feel like it's so pervasive I don't care who's going to flog me I'm going to generalise because I do feel like it's genuinely pervasive enough it's as genuinely pervasive enough like it's so it's so interlinked with like the culture now um so andrew tate when he's coming out and he's saying all of this nonsense by the way like that's what we're going to call it objectively off cod come and get me i don't care it's nonsense um, yeah we, we do care but, um, carlos, but, cares. Yeah. <laughs> carlos cares it's nonsense what andrew tate is saying all of this it's just i, I don't even want to sit here and like go through why it's nonsense i don't want to do as simon said even dignify it with a counter argument anyone with any sense of humanity any moral compass any any logic in their brain will know what he says is nonsense but um muslim men were eating it up because there's there's a big faction of muslim men who genuinely believe that women are like subservient to them and women you know um 
should be covered virginal chaste um kind of non-speaking non non-existing simply surviving entities like they they they're just supposed to shrink themselves sit quiet sit tight and just completely unequivocally obey the men in their lives and anything a woman does outside of that is just problematic it means that she's um a bad person she's immoral she's amoral she's all of these things like that is a lot of times how how muslim men actually perceive women to be um so when andrew tate came out and he said all of this and he even said right he was like islam is something that i like really admire because in his eyes islam is misogynistic mm. that's his interpretation that's actually a really interesting comment how like someone who already has their own predisposition so someone who's already like inherently misogynistic in themselves they will interpret islam to be misogynistic because that's who they are that's 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 the kind of lens through which they view everything right um and because muslims are so starved of like any positive like representation any 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 positive affirmation towards islam in mainstream media they were gobbling it up one man come to say islam is good but for what reason is he saying islam is good because it's misogynistic violently so as well and they yeah, were in, in it his up. mind he's yeah. thinking it's like and that, they yeah. were eating it up so now he's he's gonna become a muslim apparently i don't know yeah he, he i think he's confirmed that he has oh has he yeah um i've got the report on it let me just check um British American kickboxer and highly controversial influencer Andrew Tate, who was um, banned from all social media platforms earlier this year for his misogynistic remarks, has now converted to Islam. Born in Chicago and grew up in Luton. Interesting. Um, Did he grow up in Luton? I yeah, it's, it's weird. Right, everything is clicking. <laughs> everything is clicking. Wow. No comment. Um, the former kickboxer previously described Islam as the last true religion in the world, and he's now confirmed that he is Muslim after a video of him praying in a mosque went viral. But he'll just say things, man. Like, yeah. Like it's actually, as if he's going to actually, like, practice. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be very surprised to see if he actually believes it or if this is, this is a marketing move. I would not mm. I would not be surprised because when he come forward and he said that Islam, he made the comment about Islam without saying that he's a Muslim or that he's interested in reverting, he will have seen the way that Muslim, like, the Muslim community yeah. ate it up. Yeah. And, yeah. and for him, yeah. that, and then obviously, like, he got deplatformed from all social media platforms, didn't he? So mm. I would not be surprised if he then saw a window of opportunity and he thought to, thought to himself, these are gullible as, as anything. These are real, <laughs> it's so easy to to kind of um like what's the word get them on side them, yeah, yeah you know yeah. like it's so easy because mm. it is it is a case where and it is sad actually i feel sad for like my muslim brothers and sisters that were so starved of like good representation yeah. so starved of of ever seeing any non-muslim mainstream media person come out and say good things about islam but as soon as they as soon as they do say it we think it's a good thing regardless of who that person is regardless of what they stand for regardless of what they're mm -hmm. known for and like, i think if slash when um someone has to take um an l in this process it will be islam as a whole 100%. rather than andrew tate and all of the people who have been supporting him who do come from the islamic faith will just be collateral damage yeah. they'll just get forgotten it's, about it's actually like, really really sad like what he's done is he's co-opted an entire religion which is fundamentally a religion of social justice a religion of peace like that's what islam is at its core islam gave women rights 
long, 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 long before any feminist movement ever existed in the West or anywhere else in the world, right? So what he's done is he's now gone and he's co-opted this 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 entire world religion and he's become a representative of it. So now when he goes and does this nonsense and says nonsense, people will be like, oh, what he says is in line and true to Islam, yeah. like people who don't know. And he's, he's now become a representative of it. And that's that's the thing that's really, that really but gets But for him, me. it's a clout move, it's a marketing <clears throat> move. But then he doesn't see the religion and the people in it as clout. Right, right. Mm. And, and even right with him, I'm just not, uh, like I said, my focus is not even too much on, on him because I don't, I don't know. I I, th I, I think I don't you know with giving him a platform. Like I don't agree with talking. I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree with because if we're gonna, I could sit here for an hour and like just go really go get in. into how damaging yeah. it how it is and how it has been damaging. Yeah. And the potential it has, and we've seen that potential yeah. come to fruition. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You could sit here and like dissect everything he said, right? Mm -hmm. But I just can't, a I don't have the energy, yeah. and b you can't give them people platform because now we're still in situations where he's been taken off all social media because of how damaging and like dangerous what he was saying was mm -hmm. but he's still his news is still out there that's the point so like that's why i'm not i'm not so much as interested in him like uh, muslim or not muslim i don't know i don't know how i feel i feel very skeptical about it i don't want to kind of touch on that right now my own in terms of my own personal feelings of acceptance or whatever but i do however have and, and feel a duty towards the islamic kind of faith and the muslim community as every muslim has a duty unto each other and that's that's the capacity in which i want to speak about it i want to speak about it from the from the perspective where i'm genuinely just very disappointed in muslim men for not just accepting him but for lauding him for not questioning him for not interrogating him there's there is there is i'm sitting here and i know that i'm i'm absolutely berating Andrew Tate because of what he said he's not come forward and said I apologize for everything I've said I repented for everything I said he's not come forward and said any of that that's why I'm still holding him to account for all the things that he said in the past and what he stands for and also pointing out the fact that it is fundamentally inconsistent and incompatible with Islam Islamic dogma Islamic ideology right however there is also a part where if I'm being a really really good Muslim I should also say that okay do you know what if he said that he's a Muslim now I have to assume that he's repented and and that that's that's between him and God right that's between him and God I'm struggling to do that because he hasn't come forward with oh, yeah, a public apology. And also taking religion out of it, if he was going to repent, he has a duty to do it in a public, public platform because of the, the damage he did 100, publicly. One hundred percent. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm not. Perhaps I'm struggling to give the grace that a Muslim yeah. needs to give another Muslim because he has not come forward to, to publicly apologize and, and hold himself accountable and, and take back what he has said. Right. Mm -hmm. So so that that is one part of it. But but I'm also just kind of like. As I said, I'm very just disappointed with Muslim men who also, without having these conversations, also without kind of holding to him to account or or any of these things, have just been like, oh yeah, brother, come, you know, yeah. like, and and it is it is a phenomenon. It is this, it, there is a kind of like social media phenomenon I think within the Muslim community <coughs> where we see non-Muslims like high media non-Muslim people. Um, like revert to Islam we get so gassed and like it's it's yeah. and usually it is a nice thing it's such a heartwarming thing we like any Muslim <clears throat> would love another non-Muslim to 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 be to come into the fold of the religion and especially if it's like a loved media personality we love to see it we absolutely love to see it so I get why people might kind of look at someone like Andrew Tate and be like oh this is a this is a good thing just simply by the fact that he has media traction or whatever 
but but no one is actually stopping as far as i can see no one's actually stopping to question and interrogate who is he and what does he stand for you know like you lot are now your brothers in arms and your brothers in islam but really is that is that's that's who you're aligning yourself with i'm of the belief that he's not like really committed to this he doesn't believe in what he's saying and this is marketing and economic me too but as a muslim i can't really see brand Mm. prior to this like um religion stuff his whole brand was about getting the bag and making money and economics and blah 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 blah, blah right mm. so why why should we assume that now it's he's got pure intentions behind it yeah yeah i think um it's very dubious to say the least. yeah what halima was just saying as well it's again it's another version of like the fallacy that is representation right. like just like Obviously, we've now got a brown prime minister, which you haven't talked about. Yeah, um, let's not say. Let's not say. <laughs> but let's let, let let's just say that just because we've for, for the first time got a South Asian prime minister, we've got a person mm. of color as prime minister. Can we talk about um, sex actually? About what? This. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's talk about it. But um, just because we've got a person of color, a South Asian man as prime minister, that is not necessarily a win. Or certainly not on all fronts, anyway. <clears throat> so, I learned what representation was very late in my life, in that I was always surrounded by brown people, and it took me going to an environment where I wasn't completely surrounded by brown people, and in fact, I actually was the minority, to realise how representation is important. So I think for a long time, I lived under the fallacy of that any representation is good representation, right? I remember coming on the show and talking about some influencers or actresses and people like that, that were really important and like shout out to some of those people that still do the good like they still do amazing work right but after a few years now i've definitely learned that representation is not always a good thing and tokenism exists and it's rife in our government and mm, um yeah it's a big thing that we've spoken about on this show anyway but what i'm trying to say is that just because someone is of a certain ethnic background doesn't mean that <coughs> policies are going to reflect anything good for that background. They're going to do good things for those people or that they can they can tell a story about immigration and how their grandparents came and how their dad was a bus driver, right? That doesn't mean anything if you're not going to put no, that in your you, practice yeah, as a politician. You like, you know what you I mean? not, we actually need to, we need to unpack this. We actually <laughs> need to unpack this. I'm sorry. I can't believe... Uh, you can play that relatability this. card of like, yeah. oh, they came to this country in the 50s yeah. with £10 in their pocket. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, what are you doing now? Now that you're the prime minister no, of the country, like, now that on, you're the chancellor, now that you're XYZ, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just taken me a few years to realise that like, just because someone looks like you mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're going to do good things for you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Oi, we're all South Asian here. Does anyone feel represented by Rishi Sunak, especially you two Indians? No. No, I think, I think I would hope that him being in that position might make it easier in some way i mean i i don't think him be i think him being in that position mm-hmm. there are certain there will be kids around the world that will see a brown person as the leader of the country and will feel a bit aspired yeah no no I, th- I think there's the potential for young people to be inspired by it but as yeah. to whether it's actually going to do anything it's just a good thing like 
the only good things that we can say that we've done it. Also, he wasn't even elected. So That's very guys, true. like I think I think the only way this works as representation is optically, i.e. if someone is ignorant enough to not actually understand the politics and and the yeah. the political like machinery think of, of, like of, of, of like a, a five year old boy seeing it. Right. And like I look like him, like I can be yeah. prime minister. I think that's mom. I think that's, that's the, the only it childhood goes. innocence is the only way that only yeah. you can right. look through it right. and see it as a good thing. Right, one hundred, one hundred. But when so we've just established now that no, none of us in this room like actually feel represented by Rishi Sunak. First of all, like this and this is what people don't understand. Like they'll talk about race all day long till their mouth is dry. No one will mention class. Not one single person will mention class. And I've, I think I've spoken about it before on this show, like this label of British Asian and how much I, I, I do not like it. I think it's counterproductive. I think it's completely unhelpful. Everyone will, will because that's the label through which all brown people, all, all South Asian people are kind of like Asian identified. Asian is just the vastest content that you could have picked to like. It is. I mean, when people say... a blanket term over, like that's crazy. When people say South British Asian, they they usually are referring to like brown people, aren't they? Like, yeah, like yeah. South Asian, yeah. But even then, like, even if it is completely focus on South Asian it's a completely defunct label because when you look at the material conditions of different like ethnic groups and different demographics there's no there's no unified label here that could actually group us together I think once again I do think I've spoken about in the show before but I'll say it again like there has been statistics that show that you know British Indians are the richest ethnic minority, whereas British Bangladeshis are consistently, along with black Africans and black Caribbeans, the poorest ethnic minority. So for every one pound that a white British household has, a British Indian household has 90 pence, and a British Bangladeshi household has 10 pence. An entire 80 pence disparity, 80% disparity, but then we'll still be grouped together. Mm. I'm thinking about working class Bangladeshi people or working class Pakistani people, even working class Indian people who they live in multi-generational households. There'll be, you know, three, four bedroom household with like 11 people living it. That's how I grew up, honestly. That's actually how I grew up. Um, I'm, I'm talking about neighborhoods, you know, that are completely devoid of any kind of government funding and welfare and, and all of these things. I'm talking about schools that are not budgeted. Um, hospitals that are not budgeted because they serve predominantly working class Asian communities. How on earth are any of them lot gonna look at Rishi Sunak, who ha who is like seismically much richer than any other Western leader? Mm. Seismically, by the way. I yeah, I saw, yeah, literally. And it's, it's like it's a slit. It's a slip for the rest of the other Western leaders. Yeah. Rishi Sunak. Even like someone like here. president of the USA, Joe Biden, is seven million. Rishi Sunak, seven hundred thirty million over yeah. over, over what a thousand yeah. percent richer. It's insane. He's got double the wealth of our monarch, of mm. our monarch. That <laughs> who? But, but then brown or white why is someone I mean like yeah that? that's like, ridiculous that's ridiculous anyway but especially now that we're talking about representation how on earth how on earth is any working class Asian person who these lot can't even get money to like feed themselves or like go out and build a career that they want like how how is anyone gonna look at someone like Rishi Sunak and feel represented? I don't think it's even something to aspire to be it's like not. anyway. Like it's why would you not. like 
mean, we've I, talked I, about bad yeah. ethical billionaires in, no, in this I, show before, but... I do think there are certain people, or even working-class brown people, that do look up to people like Rishi Sunak as, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's, it's like we are talking about before with Andrew Tate, there's all this, like, entrepreneur, like, mm-hmm. big, like, how can I make money? How can I get to the best place? Like, blah, blah, blah. How can I con- keep earning, blah, blah, blah. But, like, really, when you look at it, no one needs that much money, and I'm, I'm not going to go into it because we have talked about it before, <laughs> but, like, literally... Be, having a net worth of 730 million is not insane. something to aspire it's, to. It's, it's, it's absolutely it's positively insane. But it's important now when we talk about why he's, how, not even why, how he's prime minister. He's not prime minister because he's a brown man who's broken barriers. He's a pri- he's prime the minister. They did not want him <coughs> in. They didn't, they didn't. But nevertheless, he got made prime minister by his own party because he's rich. It's his class position. It's his structural class position that has facilitated him to be in this place in government because he is rich because he has money because Plus he's rubbed us, circles yeah. with rich people rub shoulders and with. we've talked about before they protect each other in cabinet in parliament like they protect themselves they're mates they're all mates i said this a couple of episodes ago that you look look at their eton college and oxford pictures 100%. you can pick out from their class photos who's in <laughs> cabinet right now they're all mates 100 this is this is on this is for their jollies this is their like this is fun for them. Them like mouthing off in the House of Commons is like play playtime. I I, I, mean? I think it's more sinister than that. I don't think Rishi Sunak is his mate. I don't think like I think well, there's been reports, hasn't there, that the Tory Party are are fundamentally racist. Like, and before Carlos has to give any disclaimer, I believe Parliament, Westminster, British government, British public are fundamentally racist. That's what I believe. I don't. I think it's a lot more sinister than the fact that they're protecting Rishi. And this is what I was going to talk. Like this kind of goes on to what I was going to mention in terms of like racial rep- representation. So we've spoken about how class, his structural class position is what's allowed him to be here, not his 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 race. But there is a narrative regarding race, and I think what's so dangerous about having um, ethnic cabinet members, ethnic politicians, ethnic people in Westminster, and now an ethnic, a, a brown, a, a British Asian mm. prime minister, it's so dangerous because what it does is it, it empties the threat of racial capitalism. It, it soaks, you know, um, non-white people who are systemically subjugated in this country what it does is it subsumes them into state nomenclature, right? It, it it makes them an appendage of the state. It makes them a representative of the state so as to say that um, we're not discriminate, discriminatory against you because mm. you are an appendage of us. You now represent us. And in doing so, it empties the, the threat of racial capitalism. We now, the thing that annoyed me so much is that we're going to find it so much more difficult to have honest earnest transparent conversations about race in this country because people will now use rishi sunak as an example that racism is not a problem here i would you know what they say is better the devil you know i 100 would prefer an all-white cabinet because it's much more representative of british politics and british sentiment and british public i this is the thing as well like people don't necessarily view um like representation for an intersectional lens like we've just been saying now yeah and it's point um 
like case in point mm-hmm. literally the day that rishi sunak was elected you got um mps like um jess phillips going on twitter and saying um i think this is something along the lines of oh congratulations to rishi sunak it's um, great I'm to see i'm proud to be from a country uh, where an yeah, asian man yeah but then the, they go on to say then <laughs> it would seem that class is the main preventing factor <coughs> and it's like well y- yes like yes class is a present presenting factor but it's not one or the other it's you know what i mean cl- like class is what race and class are completely completely intertwined like people that people still have an image of what the working class is is in britain and yes there there is the white working class but also the majority of ethnic minorities in this country are also working class like the working class the the imagery of what work what people perceive to be the british working class is in fact on the ground much different than kind of what the media imagery or the political imagery of of what it is is Mm -hmm. right um so people kind of people kind of you know edge very close they get very close They'll, they'll they'll talk about race they won't mention class they'll talk about class they won't mention race they get very close but they just then they, they never quite hit the spot yeah you know and and that's why like as i was saying it's so dangerous now it's not just kind of annoying it's not benign it's not just like oh cba with it it's annoyed me it's peed me off it's genuinely dangerous because now we're already struggling so much to have conversations about racism to the point where reports will be commissioned and then dismissed People are denying accusations of racism in the face of actual independent inquiries. And now we've got another a, a brown prime minister. Oh my God, forget it. You will never you will never get a British person to admit to racism in this country now. It's, it's done. It's actually done. And that's the thing that annoys me so much. It's, it's the way that these people, these brown politicians are being used as part of a wider machine of white supremacy on which I believe the Tory party runs, you know? that's the thing that's annoying and another thing a final thing that i want to say about this is um rishi sunak you know people think that okay regardless of who he is and whatever like he's a success story because um you know his his parents or his grandparents i don't know who it is for him were the immigrants and they came to this country and 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 blah 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 he's still an immigrant success story guys guys let's unpack this right now there immigration is not a monolithic experience immigration is not a monolithic phenomenon there are so many different types of immigration there are so different so many different experiences and journeys of immigration a lot of times people perceive immigration as as being something that people are 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 moving from right when people move here to britain people assume that they're coming to britain because they're running from something there's also immigration stories where people are coming for something right they're not necessarily running from something else they're coming here for something rishi sunak the same as many other brown asian um tory cabinet ministers you know Priti patel and suella their stories are that they 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 are british african indian right so they are they're they're indian but they came via africa that's a very, very, very different immigration story than, for example, my own or your guys' immigration, your, your family's immigration story. For those of you who don't know, <clears throat> there were two types of immigration from India to Africa. So this was obviously during the age of empire where a lot of Africa was British empire and obviously the entire South Asian subcontinent was also British empire. So what the Brits would do was obviously they w- when they would want to kind of build in African countries, especially once uh, slavery had been abolished, they would have additional need for labors, laborers, right? So what they would do is they would kind of like trick, um, trick Indian, low caste Indian people 
um, into becoming indentured servants and, and they did this throughout the, the entire colonial world they did it throughout the Caribbean they did it particularly across like East and South Africa right um, and oftentimes these were as I said they were always the labourers the indentured servants they were all low caste very very poor often peasant workers who had a great amount of debt and the British would sell it to them as, oh, you can pay for your debt. Let's get you up to, over to this country and you can go work, work and build the railways and et cetera, et cetera. So that was one part of like South Asian immigration or well, immigration um, to, you know, African, the African countries. There's another type where they got the higher caste people, the kind of upper upper caste um, Hindu <clears throat> rich people over to Africa to be the overseers essentially to be the middlemen what they had done the Brits they had all they had created an Indian middle class like that was one of the well for Brits I guess they would say one of their um, uh, success stories of, of colonialism and to this day you know Indian society is still very much stratified in that way you know this, the, the kind of class system not the caste system but the class system was very much created by the British what they did in India they created a class system so the upper class people what they did was they in India were the overseers they were the one in administrative positions they were the one if the Brits were building a railway in India it would be the lower caste people that would do all the physical laboring and it would be the upper class class people that would oversee all of it administratively like in every sense and what they did was they brought them people over to africa now to do the same thing in africa except it's taken on a a, a more sinister a slightly different dimension here because now the racial hierarchy expands before where it's just the brits and it's just the indians you 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 kind of um the, the society and the people are stratified now through caste and class and all of these things now you go over to Africa and there's another race of people in the mix now the racial hierarchy as I said it expands so what Indian people saw was an opportunity to level up the, the upper class people they saw an opportunity to be in the middle rung where in India they were always in the lower rung because the only other people there were the white people who were always going to be above them they went over to India where they could be below the whites but above the black people and that's what those, you know, when we look at Rishi Sunak and Priti Patel and Siwela and when we ask them, what were your families doing in Africa? That's what their families were doing in Africa. They were overseers. That's what that demographic of people were there for. That's what they were taken there for, right? So when we talk about immigration they immigrated very very differently they didn't come here like for example my family came here because bangladesh was absolutely desecrated and bengali muslims were given zero concessions in the british raj and they had to come here right they they went to africa for more concessions for a better quality of life and to be higher up in the racial hierarchy because they would always be above black people than they would have been in india and then they came to, to Britain in a very different way. They already came with um, accrued wealth. They already came with a certain level of social status. So they didn't come here and start from the bottom up, right? They didn't come here and their dad's now a cleaner in a, in a school or their mum's a, you know, like, healthcare worker or anything like that. They came here already wealthy, that's the politics that people don't actually realize that's the pe that's the politics that people often oversee when they're talking about like yeah we're all indian and we're all immigrants and we all have an immigration story no our immigration stories are very very different what were your family doing in africa answer me that yeah honestly i've never really thought about what like because obviously I've, I've known that there were um, ugandan indians and mm -hmm. other i think mm -hmm. the kenyan indians maybe as well kenyan indian mauritian indian yeah. like it's i've i've never really thought <clears throat> like why they ended up there like I, i've never under, 
and also in terms of them emigrating here mm-hmm. in my mind i've always thought that it was due to some kind of uprising or no, something like, no, no, no. no if they came via africa and their upper upper class more time is because they were put in place they were part of the the british colonial machinery they were they were there to rule over africans as a middleman you know on behalf of the brits that's what they were there for hmm so already your politics is screwed from when you're already in Africa whipping the whipping you know Africans like to, anyways yeah but let's short, close short, the book on short, today's history short, lesson short, short history lesson sorry guys I know what went on but no. I think it's, it's a really important thing that people don't realise when yeah, they talk no, about I didn't know what. when they talk about representation and they talk about like immigration patterns and, and not all immigration is the same and not all immigrants mm-hmm. are the same guys yeah so on that note i think we'll close the chapter on rishi i think you can go away and decide for yourself as to whether it's a good thing what's everyone doing for halloween (laughs) 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 moving on i like halloween i'm a halloween person (laughs) (laughs) halloween person (laughs) halloween's my favorite holiday of the year actually i like christmas no halloween is it because it's always around your birthday though i have forever wanted to do a birthday halloween mashup party it will happen one day i don't know why you need like the dates to align properly this year would have aligned i know i'm sorry i'm sorry no so i'm just saying it's your fault no i'm sorry it's like asian media awards and coming here um no no no. but it would have been cool but yeah what you do for halloween i don't nothing this oh, is the first Halloween, Halloween. I've not Halloween done anything. Though. I know, I know. Welcome I, how, to there was a, there, I know, right? There was a party, but I'm not going. But I was going to go as Fiona from Shrek, but Glam what? from Shrek. Glam, Glam. It's a oh. Shrek theme party. Um, oh. Um, oh. That would have been a, I love Shrek. I little ears, Shrek. little ear things, yeah. The right colour on. I had this dress, yeah, it was this colour, and khaki, I had a brown corset does. that went over it to be like the little waistcoat thing. Wow. And then I was going to do like, uh, I can do like special effects on like prosthetics makeup. So I was going to do like crazy green makeup, right? Yeah. Girl. And then I was going to do something like maybe on my arm or something, and it was going to be like, you know, and it looks like the skin's come off and then there's something underneath it, and mm. that was going to be green. What happened with your makeup? Because I remember when you first came to Mango Masala, you were like literally... Okay. Like all over story. it. I love makeup, right? Wish I, I, I actually am really planning to like get back into it. And now I've got more time in a weird way with work. I yeah, just need the energy. Weird. Yeah. Um. Last year, twenty twenty one, like January through May, I was on my makeup game. I had so much content. Yeah, you were. You had. And I barely page. posted any of it. I think I posted like two things but when i tell you i was probably over 50 looks right wow. i was doing sometimes two a day wow if i just uh, no, for no reason i just wanted to i i was loving the process wow. right long story short i had all of these tiktoks videos so much footage instagram content lost it all huh yeah how uh tiktok just <coughs> i just opened tiktok oh, one day and all my drafts were gone oh no asked my mum. i sat there and i like very nearly cried uh, since then i haven't picked up a makeup brush for you. fun since <gasps> since that day no. but i am really planning to because i think i've healed from my trauma yeah i think just do it and just post yeah, it because it's no harm and that's why i started it because there's no harm i don't know why and also, that sitting. might be the thing that heals you i don't yeah oh yeah for sure i'm just too scared <clears throat> but um 
I don't know why I was sitting on the archive so much. I know one reason, because one was to make a, a very long. long video of all the looks. So I had like a master video yeah. to this one song. It was sick. Oh, it was a Megan Thee Stallion song. Every look was like a different line. I was like oh, rapping it. It was Simran. sick content, oh, no. yeah. I've got pictures of the looks still. Um, yeah. But now I feel like I'm pictures, so out of practice. Yeah, but I feel like start. I'm so out of practice. I need to practice again to hone my skills back up to a point that I'd be happy to post. Mm. So yeah, that's where I'm at with makeup. I really want to try when I settle into this job a little bit more. Yeah, I, I want to get like a makeup little schedule patterned. If even if it's just practicing, nothing gets filmed, nothing gets posted. Who cares? I just want to get back into doing it for fun because that's how I started doing it. When I was 15. I never planned to post any of it. It was just fun. So like, why not? Mm get back into that and then i'd love to like do my qualification and like do like brides or something that would be sick but that's not that's future talk yo listen mm. if you can make it as a makeup artist yeah the piece, the it's piece actually ridiculous you know the amount of like social media okay first of all south asian women and makeup is that's our game in it you do have to that's our these game days, you have to practice to influence a game though it's not like 10 yeah, 15 100. years ago where 100. social media wasn't such a platform and oh my god the customer service that you have to provide at this point as well because yeah. people talk it's a man it's a whole yeah business. but think about our community right like how people talk about like the way you acted the way you're like <coughs> you're just having a bad day in your job most jobs you're allowed to have a bad day bit off don't really want to talk to no one not when you're in that kind of role because it's so personable it's so yeah. customer facing it's someone's most important day of their life yeah, yeah. you, I, have, I, you have to be on your game every it's, single time it's a lot as well like I follow um, one of the presenters presenters on asian network serena and she um i think she has various like side hustles and one of them is i don't know if it's her main hustle like makeup um yeah i I think so yeah so and i um got her instagram and it's like sometimes like i think like last night for example she had a story that was like her going to bed at like 8 p.m 9 9 p.m because you have to wake up so early and do like a day of brides has had her makeup done at one in the morning for a wedding that started yeah. at, I don't know, 10 or whatever, yeah. because that makeup artist came to do five so or six people. people yeah. So one till seven in the morning, say, she's doing back-to-back people, and then maybe has to go to another booking, maybe has to do an afternoon booking. But like, it how is much are you earning from that's what doing I'm, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. The bag, <laughs> the bag, the is, bag is mad. Mm. So, like, South Asian women and makeup, this is, I'm, I'm doing the handshake emoji right <laughs> now for those who can't see. This is, yeah. th- that's our, that's yeah, our yeah, portion yeah, in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South Asian women and makeup. The amount of South, young South Asian women I've seen who start off as like makeup enthusiasts <laughs> and they've got their own career. They're yeah. doing degrees, they're at it's uni, amazing. whatever. It's just side thing. And then it ends up being yeah, not yeah. just and you don't even need the formal qualification a lot of people are self-taught as long as you get the hygiene down yeah, and, the, and the practice and the technicalities down you can do it self-taught there is an avenue but obviously it is worth getting the qualification just to like learn things and then have that little bit of extra pizzazz it is it's lucrative it's it very all, lucrative yeah so. the bridal industry in this south a yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, if you yeah. imagine like how much the like the wedding industry, my cousin's getting married next year, and I'm there for the planning and stuff, and I'm just like the amount of money that goes. Carlos will know. Mm. Carlos no, will imagine, know. Oh my god, he's planning Sorry, a wedding yeah. right now. But also, like, yeah. so this isn't about makeup. So my cousin's getting married. She got told right when you speak to people that are going to do like not your hair on the day but say your hair dye a month before or whatever and like your nails or something don't tell them it's bridal because she got a quote for x amount for nails and then when she said it was bridal the quote doubled 
Like actually double. Yeah. But it's just nails. Nails are nails. Mm. Going to ride yeah, bridal, bridal, Tell is, me Anchor, bridal is a lot more unless it's like makeup and they can you, they can see. Obviously, you there's a, there's some things you're never gonna get away with, but stuff like <coughs> nails, for example, why are you just ch- hiking the price? Same service, yeah. service is the same. Yeah. Crazy, they have Tell, to, yeah, they make have sure, to you, yeah. I've written it down. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Simran, you should definitely get back yeah, into. Yeah, you don't know where it could yeah. be because I was actually having this conversation the other day with someone about like and with um. Nisha from Coffee and Chromosomes yesterday um, about how like now I'm working this job and like done uni for four years there's not a lot of room for creativity obviously I have this I have like makeup Mm. Um, that's where I get to do it but when you when other stuff takes over like how my diss and how this job has done for like the last two months Mm. I feel like that side has been so suppressed it's making me sad yeah. Like I feel like a like a leveled down version of myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then when I put time into that craft, I feel really happy in myself, and it actually improves my life. Oh. I feel like when you're a creative person, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a creative. I don't like that term. Go on. But like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't claim that. But when you have a creative side to you, you have to keep nurturing it because it's a part of you that you can lose like that when life gets in the way and it's so important to make space for that in your life that's why you have to the champion balance balance in your life balance all Mm. the time when you're working in london it's very difficult to do maybe you should work in manchester i don't know what this accent is but i'm joining (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) these big companies mate oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah no honestly that's why like everyone needs to, to make that time for themselves because it's so easy for to real. just get caught up in the momentum of a job or you know university and assignments and things like that and, and before you know it it's been months and you've not done anything for yourself yeah. and don't let what i said <coughs> influence that because don't get scared of like losing footage it happens it's all part of the yeah, process I, can't, I don't know a single <clears throat> influence that i've not clicked on a story and they've been like i lost x many hours of footage like happens technological problems <coughs> happen we, this happens every week on the show do you know what i mean um yeah I don't get in the rut of getting so scared of it happening that it puts you off for God. Mm. God. Year and a half now? Don't Goodness. let that happen. Goodness. I would um, maybe don't trust TikTok again. Maybe do back Just it up on the cloud. Just have a there are ways to lesson, do it. Yeah. I was, thing is, I was doing it for fun, thinking I'd upload them. If they got views, cool. If they didn't, cool. It was for me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obviously very new to the TikTok thing because it hasn't even been around for that long or whatever, yeah. like creating on it. I'd never really created on it. I was very new to how any of it worked. The last thing I thought was on a random, like, I don't know, Tuesday night, I was going to open my TikTok and the, the drafts oh, were got, just gone. gone. Yeah. Mm. Just, that was Keep pain. a backup of everything. Well, you've learned now. Yeah, like, yeah, the lesson's been learned, but like, <clears throat> insane. But yeah, like, that's just part of... I've been trying to do TikTok stuff for ages, you lot. Well, no, I haven't tried, but I've been wanting to do it for ages. But... I don't know how to use TikTok. Influencing is the game. I don't know how to use TikTok. Yeah, I like I made one TikTok one time, and I had to ask my little sisters to 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 help, like show me how to make it. My issue with influencing, right, is that like I would love <coughs> for it to be a career. Like I don't. Okay, love is a bit of a strong way to say it. Like it would be an okay career for me personally. But I get like two critical comments of this show and it's ruined my day oh yeah i can't take it i that one person yeah i'm gonna say your name but i stalk you sometimes still to see if you're still hating on me but she put a picture of me on her story and she wrote this huge paragraph about (laughs) how much it was when i went off on our group chat about it because i was like i'm gonna reply it was someone when we posted a story um la 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 la
I said like about, about, um, Punjabi, about Gar- Punjabi yeah. Gary. Oh my god. <coughs> and she that, was, and that, she wasn't was Punjabi, and she wasn't Punjabi as well. Which I, okay, fine. You still get your opinion; it's still valid. But like, no, but what she was saying was wrong. Yeah, no, no, what she, she was, was saying wrong was because, wrong. Because, because there's not there's not a documentary called The Birth of Punjabi Garage for for no reason. No, you know what I mean? she That's was not she cap. was criticized. What she criticizes for? Because she is angry about versus no, what I get angry about. Because what she criticizes for, we spoke about it on the Bro, show. She screenshotted she didn't listen. me. Nah, what's she that? What's put that? Me on her story. I could tell you right now what happened. She screenshot. We put on her story. She put this like the rant. Took up the whole page. Yeah going no, off about what mad. I was saying and she said there was one thing that was like slightly personal in it as well and I looked at it and I was just like it took it took all my strength not to reply I just didn't I didn't gratify no, I would have been a big man what's your address I didn't big gratify man, her with the response no. I was like you know what no 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 water <clears> under <throat> the bridge to this day I still think about it like you know when you're in the shower oh, and you're getting no. angry yeah. like, I should have replied I should have replied I should have just cussed her out that's the problem with that's being, why I being always in the do. line like, like we are that's why I always do cuss people out because then I will never regret the fact that I didn't no I don't regret that I didn't you're a good person but sometimes I do just think about it and I still stalk her account and I just think like what what wrong opinions are you putting on your account this time <laughs> <laughs> what nonsense yeah no you can't that's the difficult that is the difficult yeah, you can't part. allow people to occupy your life like that because then, they're, but then they're like, okay, but that's me, right? On my little, my little level, like version of it. Imagine being like huge name, hundreds of. But thousands, at that point, you do just get followers. used to it. Though. People are commenting on your looks, your body, your accent, the way you're saying things. Like, mm. have you seen the amount of like Caucasian people that will talk slang, and every comment is like, "Oh, big man, like, what are you talking about? Stop that!" Da, da, da. When like they might have grown up in that area, whatever, whatever, like. Caucasian little people. little Why little little things Caucasian i don't know people. i don't know because yesterday people were saying white people and it came across so harsh no it didn't it did white people <laughs> anyway people will come for anything people will come for the way you like heat up soup. it's true it's true because yeah. everyone's you know miserable what I mean? and they want to project their there misery there was something That's something annoyed me the other day i think someone was getting cancelled for something and i was like this this really isn't cancel worthy like why are people going I get on exhausted. it's outreach culture sometimes. isn't it it's yeah. outreach culture and I, but honestly i do but think what do those people think they're doing do they step away from that comment like i've made a difference <laughs> no, they're just this misery loves company. That's all it is. They're miserable in their own lives, and they're just projecting their misery. But obviously, if you're in, if you're in that kind of lifestyle, you do kind of become used to it. Like you, yeah. Not yeah, that yeah. not that anyone should ever have to become used to like abuse or, or unwarranted. Well, like excessive. God forbid you're actually trailblazing and you're doing something that not a lot of people do. Like I follow this one influencer, right? She is a plus size influencer, but she always wears like a little sports bra and like little shorts. I can already gym. tell she, the amount of hate she gets obviously doesn't have the body that you might see on the, your average typical prototype instagram influencer society. with a six pack and a yeah. big booty right she doesn't have that body type but she wears what she likes as she should mm. right mm. the comments are abhorrent the comments are disgusting what she mm. gets yeah it actually pains me to like because she'll make a video with screenshots of the comments sometimes airing people out as she should yeah. um and I'm just like, God, you it's must like be strong. It's like when we had Eamon on the show and she's literally just a little Pakistani girl writing about sports and she's getting death threats. Yeah. Crazy. Like the girl's getting death yeah. threats. I've had tweets that have gone viral. I would never go back on Twitter now. Since I, my life got exponentially better when I deleted it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've had tweets that have gone viral, a few thousand likes, whatever, about uh, like... Uh, Punjab and stuff like that. You know, when things have been topical, farmers protest, stuff like that. Mm. The... DMs I got from random men oh. telling me what I deserve. Oh God! Mm-mm. 
Nah. No, I couldn't handle that. Insane. That didn't affect me, but like, you just would think like, yeah. I'm too confrontational. I'll just, I would just want to beat reply. everyone. I didn't I just reply, but I just thought like, God, mm. people find my Instagram and tell me disgusting things. Like, it was just like, get a life. Yeah. Mm, it's mad. Yeah. I don't think there's much time to go into this as well, but I think it's worth noting also that there are... It's a hate crime. No. You'll get reported. It mm. is. But is also, it? Yeah, man. Yeah, if you're... Illegal. If yeah, you're someone death threats yeah, and, and online threatening messages, of course. It depends what it depends what you're saying. I'm not sure how useful the like, police will be, cause mm. hmm, but technically you can report it. Yeah, well, the thing is as well is that obviously sometimes it is worthwhile removing platforms from people, like we've seen with Andrew Tate and what we are now seeing with um, Kanye. But there's a whole other oh discussion God. to be had there. That's, that's we do need to go yeah, into that, actually. I think. Into it's right that it's happening, but <laughs> why now? Right. Is like, why is it being allowed also, to go I on for this about, long? I also want to talk about the mental health side of things and what mm. ugly mental health looks like and what what is palatable, what is palatable bad mental health and what is ugly palatable, ugly bad, ugly bad mental health and what people yeah, and society yeah, yeah. Are, mm. are willing to accept and not accept as as the image of bad mental health, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Comment. Don't want to go into that for a couple of minutes. You have something to say? Mm-mm. I thought it would take an hour. It would take an hour. Yeah, no, no, it'll, it'll, I, uh, we should save that. I, think I thought you were coughing. Like, <laughs> oh no, no. no. <laughs> I think I think we should go into that. Guys, I got time. four hour drive to do after this. Uh, My dream job would be to be a travel vlogger. Oh, I would yeah and then people that. come for you for the way that you say Cappadocia or something. But <laughs> my friend, my friend made a video. She went to Cappadocia, Turkey, right? I don't can't, sorry, I don't, sorry I don't, that was I don't know what that is. She said, Cap- she said Cappadocia. She asked a local. They said Cappadocia. Oh she said Cappadocia. Why'd she get so much call? And then I comment people being like, Cappadocia, you ignorant tourist, blah, blah, blah. Like, what? <sighs> she tried. She asked a local. What more yeah. do you want? That, that happens to my sister. Oh my God. So my sister makes like TikToks, <clears throat> and some of her TikToks go viral. And there was one like of my uncle who recently came here, mm. and it went viral. As in, like, I stand this uncle, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love my uncle. Um, but oh my god, I should have told the story about about. I'll tell it next time. Yeah. Um, about your marriage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a fun story. I'll tell. I'll tell you guys next time. Anyways, um, and it got like over a million views or something like that. And then there was bare people just hating for no reason, like <laughs> like. Um, like she was she was showing the video was showing what my uncle got from Bangladesh so it was like the rice is moving (laughs) the rice what kind of Bengali household is this what kind of Bengali uncle is this that's not Bengali food that's not like what what my friend I've got a Spanish friend she's Spanish yeah she in Spain they make iced coffees a little different they give you milk on the side they put I don't know they make iced coffees a little different right she made a TikTok explaining like being relatable about iced coffees in in Spain right compared to England she got so much hate. It got like two million views, I want to say, maybe a bit less than that. And then she got so much hate, and I can't. People were saying really personal things as well. Mm. It's, first of all, it's iced coffee. Second of all, she is Spanish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we are like, going touch to. Touch grass. It's, yeah. We've got a minute and a half left, so I'm going to round things off there. If you want to follow us and not abuse us, then please do that. Yeah, Mango send us nice emails. People are actually really nice to us. Yeah. Mango Masala we Radio. We love our little platform, don't we? Yeah, we don't want it to be. Lit. We want to keep growing, though. We yeah, want, we want, we, we get, want it to be our guys. little big platform. We want to have a, love, a lovely yeah, big platform. Keep growing. Um, Simran, DJ Simran, load up track six on the decks. Um, Halima, tell us why you've chosen this song. Oh my god, song. guys! You've got I've, 30 seconds. I found this Go. song and like it's it's a French guy 
speaking in French, but it's a Bangra track. Wait, if you were, if we were gonna put French music on, I could have given you a French song and all. Because I love French music and I love Bangra music always separately. But why is this a French Bangra song? Like, guys, listen to it. It's sick. Right. We'll see you next week, Bye, guys. guys.